0: Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Welcome! Thanks for joining for another episode of the Data, Data Access Golf podcast. Appreciate you being here. Another cool topic today, and I appreciate uh, those that have kind of sent in emails and text messages Great. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your questions. Now, this one's a little a little different. Uh, we'll probably kind of get into the weeds a little bit here. So I'm I'm warning you. It's I was asked um, if I if I choose to employ a, a one plane or a two plane swing in our training, the answer is both work in our training to become a better golfer. Um, but for me myself, I typically play with a one plane swing. And just to sort of define that, a one-plane swing is one that kind of goes back on one line and then comes down pretty similar to the same line. Or a two-plane swing, traditionally, when we say two-plane swing, we mean one that kind of goes up on one plane and usually drops down towards the ground and then comes in at a lower plane to the ball. You do have two-plane swings that are a little more unorthodox, that go back on one plane and then actually rise up and then come down. That's typically an over-the-top move that we talk about. There have been a couple players on tour that have used the -the over-the-top move um, to some success but not typically and it's not one that uh, the problem with a, I guess we'll talk about it right now the problem with a over-the-top move or a is a, well, inconsistency. I think both, um, all two-plane swings suffer from inconsistency, and we'll get into that a little bit, but when you go from a plane and then rise to a higher plane and then come down, the data shows, again, you know, with the instant feedback of the equipment we use, the data shows that you actually lose swing speed, right? Um, A one-plane swing has a reasonable swing speed, good swing speed, and then a two-plane swing, again, least for me, we can test it all for a lot of individuals, but for me, myself, and my testing, a two-plane swing actually increases my swing speed, which is interesting. The problem with, for me anyway, the problem with the two-plane swing for me is it adds a, an extra degree of variability, which then hits consistency, so as I drop down to another plane and come in, I can pick up some speed which is great, right? If you want to hit the ball a long way, but I lose consistency. And for me, at least in my game, the increased distance from a two-plane swing does not overcome or is not more beneficial than the loss of consistency. I just find more trouble and I have a hard time keeping it on the course. So a two-plane swing for me is not one that I employ in sort of my day-to-day game. I find much more consistency in just a one-plane swing as far as ball flight, um, everything. I mean, as far as uh, distances, distance control, one-plane swing is way better for me, all of that. Um, Two-plane swing is one, honestly, I will only really use a two-plane swing when we get out into sort of uh, of these scrambles and you've got like a long drive contest or something like that because you can drop it down and fling it in from the inside and really generate a lot of speed, a lot of pace to hit the ball a long way. And uh, so I will probably, I will use that when we're playing in a scramble, but I won't use it much anywhere else. And if it's one of those situations where all three are in trouble off the tee and it gets to me, I will use a one-plane swing to, try to put one in play. If there's somebody in my group that's safe in a scramble, then yeah, I'm going to employ the two plane swing and try to hit it as far as I can. So that's kind of the way I see it. A one plane swing is super consistent. You're taking out a great deal of variability. When you go up on one plane and you kind of gather yourself and pause and come back down that same plane, we can really see by the data if that's all lined up and how that looks. Now, with the, the, the data that we use and the imaging, the graphics that we use, you can have a two-plane swing that comes in on plane, right? Where all, all levels of your swing are pointing to the target line and everything looks really, really good. The problem then becomes uh, making sure that you get that, you know, that as you drop that you're actually kind of um, lowering the club face so it's still pointing at the target line and again it's kind of it's probably a discussion that we shouldn't have on a podcast because it's so visual probably should be doing a video right now but just try to understand that when you take a club back on one plane and you drop it to another plane and you bring it down um, from a lower plane or even a higher plane you've added a degree of variability and in the golf swing we want to simplify it as much as possible and take variability out of it so we can be more consistent because we just don't have a lot of time in one second to manage all these different variabilities, if that makes sense. It happens so quickly that we wanna make it as simple as possible. It happens so quickly that we don't want to try to control it with our conscious mind. It happens so quickly that we just have to really be in a a good place and put a, a good swing on it and just experience it, not try to control it. So I would recommend for anybody who is wondering if they have a one-plane or a two-plane swing just get in front of a mirror where you can swing a golf club and, 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 and go ahead and watch yourself take the club back and start the club down and just see if you get to the top see where your hands are. If your hands move up or down before you start coming down then you've got a two-plane swing. If you get up to the top and sort of gather and your hands kind of stay in the same place and then you start down again, that would typically be a one-plane swing. Now, it's very difficult to leave your hands exactly in the same place, but if there's no you know, huge movement, and I would say huge, if there's more than, say, a couple inches, If you're dropping it six inches to a foot to two feet down before you come down, that's definitely a two-plane swing. If it's within one or two inches up at the top, maybe three, I would still consider that to be a one-plane swing because you really haven't changed a whole lot. And as you shift your weight and start moving down, you know there's gravity that could just pull your hand down a little bit. But as much as we can kind of keep that hand in the same place from the top starting down, Uh, the more closely we will become, you know, a one-plane swinger, right, if that makes any sense. So as far as one-plane, two-plane goes, you've got some choices. Again, I can pick up a lot of speed if I go with a two-plane, but I I lose consistency, too much consistency to make me play better. So my scoring is far better. Um, My ball control is better. The ability to work the ball left and right, um, to, to hit the ball high and low, all of those things are much better if I swing on one plane because it's it just is the simplest movement back to the ball. So hope that makes sense. If there's any questions about one plane or two plane swings, as we get into the training starting on December 1st, and I hope you'll join us for that, if you want to sign up to get involved in the training, uh, please go to our website, dataaccessgolf.com. Give me your email address. We'll send out um, we'll send out sign-ups for that to get everybody in and going. Uh, we're going to try to limit it to about 100 people. I think it's probably the most we can take in order to have a good group where we can interact and kind of share files and things and share ideas. But if if this is something that sounds interesting to you, then please sign up and join us. We'll have a good time doing it. I can promise that. We will definitely have a day or a two where we work on on swing plane one and two swing planes and we'll discuss it. We'll have some video to kind of show the differences and hopefully it will make more sense at that time. But anyway, please enjoy the day. Thank you for joining us. And remember, in your golf game, better data means better golf. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.